Hey everyone, this is The Fullest, a new podcast all about what it really means to live life to the fullest. How it's not what we might think, how it's definitely not what we've been sold, and how it's better than we could ever ask, dream, or imagine in Jesus. So if you want to know what it really means to thrive and flourish in this life, you're in the right place. I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited to go after it with you. And welcome back to The Fullest. So a couple nights ago, I watched a new documentary called The Weight of Gold, which is all about Olympic athletes and the struggles that they have outside of their sport, specifically struggles related to their mental health and their emotional stability. And it was really profound because it showed how so many of these Olympic athletes who are the best at what they do really struggle with a sense of purpose and identity and joy and contentment outside of their sport. At the end of the documentary, Michael Phelps actually says, I don't know who Michael Phelps is outside of the swimming pool. And that's a really profound thing to say. And it's something that we should pause and and even try to figure out maybe what's going on behind because essentially what Michael Phelps is saying is, I don't know who I am outside of the swimming pool, outside of my sport. So this is the most decorated athlete in the history of the Olympics. He has 28 medals, 23 gold medals, the most famous Olympian probably ever in the history of the Olympics. And yet Michael Phelps in this moment of transparency says, I don't know who I am outside of my sport. And so throughout the documentary, Michael Phelps and many other Olympians like Apollo Ono and Sasha Cohen and many others talk about their struggle to find a sense of peace and contentment because their identity and purpose is wrapped up in sport. Who are they outside of it? And the reason I bring that up is because last episode, we started talking about what it looks like to get off the endless cycle of want. And the first step of getting off this cycle and into a place of contentment and rest is to stop focusing on extrinsic, physical, material things and start focusing on intrinsic and spiritual things. So instead of chasing things like health, wealth, beauty, and power, we should chase things like identity, purpose, community, freedom, and all of these other intrinsic things. But what's really important for us to see and understand is the fact that even if we buy into that first step and we get the fact that figuring out our identity is more important than chasing health, wealth, and prosperity, or we get the fact that finding purpose and meaning and freedom and hope and joy and all these other things is more important than anything in the physical realm, the second step is just as important we can understand that our most significant needs are internal and still be on the endless cycle of want if we try to meet those needs in the physical and temporal realm. And I think that that's what this documentary really highlighted. These athletes who were literally the best in their field and who have accomplished more than most of us would ever even dream of accomplishing still hadn't found rest 
and contentment. They were still on this endless cycle of want because they were trying to meet their intrinsic needs in the wrong places. Jesus actually said at one point in his ministry, it's recorded for us in the Gospel of John, he says to the multitude, don't chase after food that perishes. Don't work for food that perishes, but rather work for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. In other words, stop trying to satisfy the longings of your soul with things that are gonna fade away. So we have two options. We can either go to the transient or we can go to the permanent. We can either run to the things that will never stand the test of time, or we can run to the one who will last forever. We can labor, toil, and work for food that perishes, or we can receive the gift of bread that never goes bad. So Jesus says at the end of this dialogue with the crowd, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst again. So if you want to get off the endless cycle of want, this is how. Jesus is saying, I have come to give you satisfaction and contentment. I've come to satisfy the deepest longings of your soul. And by the way, I'm the only one who can actually do this for you. You want identity? You can't find it outside of me. You want purpose? Purpose comes from knowing where you came from and who you are. I'm the only one who can give that to you. So the question is, how does he do this? How does he meet all of our intrinsic needs in a permanent way and a lasting way in ways that no other physical temporal thing can? Well, let's just start with identity. In fact, that's all we're going to talk about today is identity, mainly because it flows out of the documentary and what I just saw a couple of nights ago, and it's fresh on my mind. But let's, let's go to this need that we all have to know who we are. What makes us, us? Uh, this is so vital and important. And, and if we don't figure this out, it's going to be impossible for us to ever find a sense of contentment and, and peace and rest. Ultimately, purpose flows out of this as well. So think about all of the different places that we tend to go for our identity or all of the different sources that we run to to try to satisfy our need for defining who we are. And the first one is, is performance. We are what we do. We are our accomplishments, our, our resume, our list of everything cool or awesome that we've ever done. And I start with this one because this is probably what a lot of the Olympians in the documentary were struggling with. Their identity was wrapped up in what they could do in the pool or on the track or on the ice or wherever their field was. And outside of that, they had no list. They had no accomplishments. They had nothing to point to. And so their identity vanished. Now, I get the fact that most of us are not Olympic athletes, but we still probably, many of us struggle with this, whether it's good grades or an awesome career, humanitarian work. Uh, we all have lists of stuff that we've done that is essentially more than just stuff to us. If you're getting your identity from your performance, that list makes you who you are. And so this is obviously, or I hope it's obvious, a fleeting source for identity. We talked about this with JR a few episodes ago, because once you accomplish one thing, you might feel really great about that in the moment, but immediately you have to accomplish something else. And again and again and again, and you're on this endless cycle of having to do and achieve and perform so that people will see this long list of cool things that you've done. They can't satisfy your need for identity. 
it ultimately will bury you into the ground of burnout. Some of you can relate to that. You are what you do. Or maybe that's not you. And so I think if, if maybe the first place that we go to for identity is performance, another uh, natural place, physical uh, source that we go to is possessions. And, and this source essentially says we are what we own. We are what we possess, what we have. You are what you drive. You are what you wear. So when you think about fashion, we're constantly making statements about who we are by what we wear. I refuse to wear something with a big brand on it unless it's Adidas. And the only reason I wear Adidas is because I grew up playing soccer. And Adidas, when I was growing up, literally stood for all day I dream about soccer. So for me, it's a soccer brand. And I'm saying something about who I am. Or I used to do this, like, hey, I'm a soccer player, so I wear Adidas. Others of you have have brands where you're like, this... this um, shows that I'm extra, you know, and I, 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 I mean something. Uh, I count for something. I think about cars. I remember um, Caroline and I, when we got married, we bought an SUV and we kind of made a vow together. We are never buying a minivan. We're never going to be a minivan couple because the moment we buy a minivan, our identity shifts. Like our identity becomes soccer mom, soccer dad. I'm going to have to start wearing white New Balances and telling really bad jokes. And we're not going to be remotely cool anymore the moment we buy a minivan. And of course, you know, a year ago we bought a minivan and it was devastating to us because it was like this uh, resignation to uh, the fact that we were no longer youths. <laughs> we were no longer uh, young and hip or in any way cool. But I'll be honest with you, I absolutely love that minivan and it is the coolest ride in the world. But honestly, some of you in, are listening and you're like, yeah, my identity is wrapped up in what I drive. I got a really cool car. It's uh, really expensive and it says something about myself and that really means something to you. Some of our identities are, are found in pleasure, what we do, uh, where we go that's super cool, like if it's a trip across the world and we're uh, taking all kinds of pictures for Instagram to show everyone how awesome and, and thrilling our, our life is. Uh, for some of us, our identity is wrapped up in our sexuality. I think especially in our culture today, which way you swing ultimately defines who you are. And, and I think that just like all of these other ones that we've been talking about, whether it's performance or it's possessions or it's uh, even this pleasure, these things are important and they're significant. But again, they're all fading away and none of them are big enough to define us. None of, none of them are a large enough box to hold all of who we are. We are more than our pleasure. We're more than our sexuality. We're more than what we do with our bodies. We're more than what we wear on our, on our bodies as well. We're more than what we drive. It's not even just that they're fading away. It's the fact that they aren't big enough to really capture all of who we are as humans. I also think about, you know, speaking of social media and, and, you know, loving to take pictures and posting them and all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people do find their identity in what other people think about them and popularity. How many people are following them? How many likes they're getting on posts? What kind of approval and praise they're getting from the people around them? And so we've all been there. We do this, you know, you get the dopamine hit every time somebody likes your post. And so we, we like that. 
but for some of you, it's deeper than the the dopamine. For some of you, you are projecting an image of yourself and it has become your identity. And what other people think about you has actually become your reality. Uh, So you live through a filter. Everything is better, brighter, happier, and more fulfilled than it actually is. This is an Instagram identity. Uh, Maybe some of you are there today. Now, I get that this is not an exhaustive list. I, I get that we find identity in all kinds of other places, but this is just to illustrate the fact that we're all looking for identity And those are at least four places that most of us tend to go in order to find our identity. Popularity, possessions, pleasure, and performance. None of them will get us off the endless cycle of want. And none of them will get us off of that cycle because every single one of those things is passing away. Every single one of those things is temporal, transient. The highest praise the greatest performance, the newest stuff, and even the most intense pleasure will eventually die. Some will be there for a few minutes, others will be there for a few years, but every single one of them will be taken away with time. And so if your identity is found in any one of those things, your life will be devastated when that time comes. Who are you without your job? Who are you without your achievements? Who are you outside of the swimming pool? Who are you without your good looks, without your beauty, without your talents? Who are you without your friends and your following? Who are you without all of your stuff? It's all shifting sand and a life built on shifting sand is going to crumble. Here's the question. What if your identity wasn't found on earth? What if your identity was found in heaven? What if you went to the other source? Not the perishable, but the eternal. There's a really powerful passage of scripture that shows us what this looks like. It's in Matthew 3. It's right at the beginning of Christ's ministry. Jesus is going down to the Jordan to be baptized by his cousin John. As Jesus is coming back up out of the water, something absolutely amazing happens. The text says this. Matthew 3, 16, and I'm going to read this so I don't get any of it wrong, but when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. I don't know if you caught that, but that's an identity statement. This is my beloved son. This is my son who I love. And I want you to see what's going on here. Jesus is in this moment, in this incredible scene, getting his identity from heaven. And the reason that's so significant for you and me in our pursuit of the good life, in our pursuit of identity, is that when you become a follower of Jesus, or as he put it, if you believe in me, when you start believing in Jesus, trusting in him, everything that is true of him, everything that was true of him, becomes true about you as well. He becomes your representative. He becomes the garment that covers you, the lens through which God sees you. And so when Jesus talks about living life to the fullest, essentially what he's talking about is union with him. It's this experience of him and being a part of him in this 
mystical, spiritual way. That's the Bible's favorite way of talking about our identity as believers. It's this union with Christ. In fact, that phrase, in Christ, shows up in the New Testament 150 times, or a little bit over 150 times. In Christ, his identity is our identity. And so when the Father looks at us, he looks at us and he says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Ephesians 1 has all of these different in Christ statements. And you could kind of sum it up with this this paragraph. In Christ, we are chosen, we are blessed, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, adopted sons and daughters, holy, blameless, heirs of glory, and recipients of the riches of his grace. That is our identity in Christ. That's who we are. That's what it looks like to find our identity in something that's eternal, in someone who will never fade away. Since he's our representative, his righteousness becomes our righteousness. His victory over sin and Satan becomes our victory over sin and Satan. His glory becomes our glory. His, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased becomes our, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And that identity can never be taken from us because it's connected to someone who's never going to pass away. He is a rock for his people that will never be moved and can never be shaken. If you want to get off the endless cycle of want, stop chasing food that perishes. Let's just start with identity. Stop going to your performance. Stop going to your possessions. Stop going to your popularity and any other P that you can think of that would fit. And go to the food that will never perish. The bread of life who can and will satisfy your soul forever. His name is Jesus. He came to give you himself so that you could live life to the fullest. Well, guys, that's all that we have time for today, but I hope that this was helpful for you. This episode was produced and edited by Jonathan Perez. The music was composed by Evan King. And if it was helpful for you, would you mind sharing or liking, following, commenting wherever you're listening to this? We would really appreciate that. It would help drive other people to us. And we can't thank you enough for doing that in advance. But ultimately, I hope that our time together today has helped you take one more step out of a place of merely living and surviving and into a place of flourishing and thriving. I'm Ben Davey, and this has been The Fullest.